Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm Cesar Hernandez, your host for today. In the latest episode, we're going to discuss Liga Mekis Ligia taking shape, Chivas' latest problems, updates regarding all these games potentially being canceled this month, and much, much more. Help me out today is Tom Marshall. Tom, how are you doing, man? Not bad. I thought, I thought this was the election special, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little peek behind, uh, yeah, the, the veil there. Like, just Tom and I discussing what's what's, what's going to happen tomorrow. And I mean, if we're mentioning that, quick note: if you have yet to vote, please vote, please vote, please vote, please vote. Obviously, you know who who to vote for, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that could be a, a huge tangent right there. But yeah, Tom, how, how are you doing? <laughs> Not bad, yes. Just uh, still in Guadalajara, so um, yeah, but just uh, just still frustrated, really, not being able to. Being able to go to games and stuff, it's kind of, you know, it gets you down a bit, you know what I mean? But but anyway, at least uh, at least the league is going. And, you know, even with the coronavirus cases in Mexico now, you know, like I said, I'm in, I'm in Jalisco and, you know, for, for example, today the park was closed and uh, we got mm-hmm. kicked out of the park on Sunday and it was like, I don't know, things are kind of being locked down again here, again. Um which isn't necessarily a negative thing, but it is kind of like that wariness now about, you know, you've been through it for so long and even you know, when you go to a park and it's closed, it's just like, I don't know, it kind of gets you down a bit. But let's go. Let's, uh, let's go Liga MX action. And not only that, I mean, we'll, we'll be talking about Liga MX and Liga taking shape, but a quick mention of uh, the big news from earlier today, uh, the CONCACAF Champions League is back. So it'll be, yeah, December 5th. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm so in tune with soccer. It's just, it's, it's, I, it's, it takes over my life 24 7. But there was a moment when I saw the news, I was like, oh, that's right. We didn't finish that. That, that, <laughs> that yeah. was literally something that came up to my mind earlier today. But yep, December 15th through 22nd at a yet to be determined location, United States. Uh, single leg, legs only, behind closed doors. It's, uh yeah tom really quickly your 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 thoughts is i'm I'm looking forward to hopefully i mean we've seen it's looking like it's probably a bubble situation i mean i mean you would assume wherever they host mls's back tournament could potentially be a very very good option here and you're hoping that if mls's back was a success maybe the ccl can be too yeah no hopefully hopefully it is and um and and yeah no i mean there's some good ties as well i mean think that cruz azul lafc was yeah suspended on the day of the game and that was that was looking like a really good one um you know tigres tigres was it new york city fc i don't mm-hmm. know the mexican clubs are, are well positioned america obviously 3-0 up against atlanta and i think it's going to be interesting though it's not obviously like a lot of things with the coronavirus it's not it's not going to be easy i mean you know i think i think the mexican clubs are going to be involved in the liguilla the ones that are still involved in the champions league but um but for example, the you know MLS. For example, if a team like Atlanta don't make the playoffs in this last round of matches, you know they're going to go from you know November the eighth when they end the season or whatever until twelfth of December and or fifteenth or whatever fifty yeah fifteenth sixteenth of December. So they're going to have a month of just waiting for a game where they're already three zero down. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. sure the players are just like, oh my god. They wanted to go on like vacation, and <laughs> but now they've got the uh, the Concacaf Champions League. But yeah, no, it's good. It's good to be back. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I mean, obviously, looking forward to those matches. I mean, it's always, even though it causes a little bit of anxiety, since like, MLS and Liga Mekis matches, because you feel like, of course, a lot of us have that some sort of connection thing. It's like, oh, it's Mexico versus United States. You can't help but have some of those 
feelings you have when you watch Mexico versus the United States uh, at the national team level. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, I mean, we. Yeah, I, I also feel like it's like it comes from the MLS side because yeah. they're so desperate. There is, and you can tell even the journalists and the people up there, they're just so desperate to see MLS kind of, you know, but not justify itself, but just get one over on Mexico and, and to have kind of some evidence, you know, hard evidence rather than kind of soft evidence and indicators, but hard evidence that, you know what, you know, MLS is top in the region at least for one year. And it just, you know, it's 14 consecutive times that a Mexican team has won this tournament. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's its absolute domination. There's no other way, no other way to describe it. Well, I'm looking forward to the Tigres America final. Uh, moving on. Tom, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's... Uh, Let's talk. Let's talk about the league. Let's look at the actual you know, Mexican league that's still happening. It's going to be the final week uh, of so the regular season. Tigres America regular season as well, can't we? I know, right? I'm calling that the Clásico that isn't a Clásico, and I got. Like, I think some people are a little offended about, by that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Tom, I mean, just really quickly, I mean, just league has taken shape. You're looking at all the different pieces, like moving, moving the right spot. I mean, how do you now at this point after seeing a number of games, how do you feel about this new format? No, yeah, no. Just quickly with the classicals, it's like it's absolutely hilarious when you think about it. How it's just like people do get so mad about what constitutes a classical. Like it's like they get absolutely, and the media just churns it out, and like they get one person to say, "Yeah, it's a classical," and then everyone's like, "No, it's not a classical." Who cares? Just a good game, you know what I mean? Oh, I love it. I, I, I love the I love the reaction to that, or of course, it's just like I mean, this I don't love because I don't really like the argument, but it's just like, oh, what's what's a big team? What's an equipo grande? Yeah, and it's just, oh my god, are the, they an equipo grande? <laughs> the, me, the memes though with Tigers, it's absolutely, especially after that, you know, America defeated them. It's just like they're absolutely hilarious. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, just the sense of humor. It's just. You can't beat it. I mean, it's as long as it's in good spirit and stuff like that. It's just that kind of banter just cannot be beaten. And I don't know. I think the the regio teams against the especially the Mexico City teams. I think that's the best banter right now in Liga MX because it's kind of new, if you know what I mean. Whereas like the Chivas America and even the Pumas America and Chivas Atlas, you know, you, you we know we've seen it for so many years, but with this like kind of like Chivas America now, it's just uh, yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. But um, but yeah, the new format. Yeah, I mean, it's got its advantages, and I think we're seeing that. You know, I think mm-hmm. we're seeing that going into this, um, you know, this last round of matches. I mean, obviously, it's done to get more to get more Liguilla games to help the TV companies. They've obviously been struggling badly, and they've obviously they just tried to get this in and and, and open it up. I mean, it's not ideal in terms of a sporting point of view. It's not kind of like, I mean, if we're doing it on a sporting point of view, like give Leon the title now. They've been by far the best yeah. team once again. Yeah. Um, but um, but in terms of a kind of keeping the interest kind of up going into the last round of games, I mean, you know, I think I think from 14th place up, you've got kind of something to play for. Everybody's, yeah. you know, apart from Leon, really, who, who've already secured that top spot, everybody else has got something kind of in the mix. They're playing for a home advantage. They're playing for, you know, to get into the top four, which obviously the top four now goes straight to do to the to the quarterfinals. So that's that's a big deal. And you've got, you know, America already qualified. Um, you've got Pumas, Cruz Azul, Monterrey and Tigres all going for that that top four spot. And that's that's going to be fascinating next weekend. And, um, and you know, even even going further down, I mean, you know, can even the ninth and 10th, you know, Nakaxa, Santos... 
you know, can they get into the top eight and get that home tie for the Ripachache? Um And yeah, and then obviously the team squeezing in. I mean, you know, Puebla, Mazatlan, you know, all trying to get in and trying to knock out kind of Juarez for that that 12th spot. Um, which, yeah, I mean, some of these teams, I mean, the argument is pretty obvious that yeah. how can Mazatlan, I mean, I know they had a ridiculous win last, you know, last Thursday against Atletico San Luis, 5-0 in the boy ball. That's what I've been calling it. <laughs> <laughs> boy ball in, uh, in Sinaloa. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've, that's the only really, I don't know, they've not done too much this season. And for them all of a sudden now, you know, two wins in the last kind of, five games and now they're you know in Pueblo as well I mean you know they won they won against Atlas boys you know that's the first one in five and Juarez have only won one in five it's like I don't know, it's, it's not like these teams are charging the way through the playoffs it's uh it's just you know you're going to get some some teams that haven't had great seasons in him but what I will say is you know Chivas are in there and I mean that's what it's yeah. all about for the TV it's, it's it's getting Chivas in there you know the big four are all in the playoffs and you know that's that's gonna that's gonna drive drive TV big time and it and it helps everybody else. So it is what it is, isn't it? Really, it's um, it's 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 different. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and like we've we've talked about this beforehand, but I feel like there isn't a big difference between ninth through fourteenth. You know, like I, I mean, obviously we're recording this before Santos take on Leon. So who knows where where Santos are going to finish? But you know, as of you know Monday night, could you really say that there's a big difference between Santos, Nagaxa, Toluca, Juarez, Puebla, Mazatlan. Yeah, we can like nitpick certain things and be like, oh, well, this roster, they have a, maybe this team is a better striker, this team is a better manager. But if we're looking at the top, like the very, very elite Liga Mekis teams, and if we're looking at some of these mid-table teams, I just feel like there isn't a big difference between them. I'm even tempted to throw in Pachuca and Chivas in there too, but I mean, Pachuca have looked a little bit better. Chivas on paper should be... You could say maybe a little bit higher, maybe eighth place is about the right position like, for them. It's almost like the players are kind of have some like distractions and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So do, do you want to get into that right now, or do you want to want to talk more about the, the Ligia taking shape in the table? I mean, I guess really quick. If, 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 yeah, go on. Sorry, I, I was gonna say. I mean, if what what stands out to me the most actually about about the table is that you know sometimes when teams, or I, sh- I should say about the new format, is that sometimes when teams don't qualify for the playoffs, you sometimes give them the benefit of the doubt if they're in ninth, you know, maybe in 10th, maybe they narrowly missed out due to a small mistake in the last game of the season. But now, if you're not in the playoffs, I mean, it's just undoubtedly you've had a bad season. You can't you can't argue against that. You know, like if if you're not qualifying within the top 12, there's just some serious questions to be asked of you. I'm not, I'm not talking about specifically a manager or team or coach or players, but just as a whole, like these teams, they, they, they you really don't have many excuses for not qualifying for the playoffs. That's really a bad season if you're not qualifying for the top 12. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, you can look, you can look down and I think, you know, we can go back to the preseason predictions. And I think, I think Tijuana, we had a lot higher. I think mm-hmm. Atletico San Luis, we had a lot higher. Um, what, what a disastrous season for them it's been. Yeah. You know, absolute, absolute nightmare for a team that looked, I don't know, it looked like it might be at least mid-table. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then the Caxa again, just kind of four wins on the run, and all of a sudden they're up there into 10th. You know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Um, they just really got it together. Fair play to them under Profi Cruz. And then and Tijuana, the op- opposite. I mean, four consecutive losses now, and, you know, Pablo Guede, it looks like, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of rumours. Is his position, you know, 
under threat and stuff like that. I mean, finishing 15th place with that squad, I mean, to be honest, I'd, I'd make a re- robust kind of argument that they should 100% stick with him. Um, yeah, I don't think that's always the case with these with these kind of, in these situations. But with Gwedi, it's kind of like, well, first of all, the expected goals is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I think they've scored 10 fewer goals than the, the, the expected goals model. And so, you know, that's just absolutely, um, that's, that's, you know, on, over a 16 game or they played 16 games so far to be kind of behind by 10 goals is like, that's incredible. Um, and so I think they've been a bit unlucky in the finishing department. I think that um, obviously he's implementing a new system and there's a lot of problems right from the start of the season in terms of how they were going to play out the back. I think you said it right at the start of the season as well, Cesar. It's like, is that defence good enough? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think Jonathan Roscoe hasn't played well. I think that's been a, a significant reason as well from to be so low. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we can go through all the teams, basically. But, yeah, the only thing I would say, maybe contradicting a little bit what you were saying, is mm-hmm. I, I do think there are tiers now in Liga MX. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I look at that top nine, and I think they're fairly comfortably better than than the rest, you know what I mean? Okay, um, okay. I, I do think... I would say the top six. Teams. I would say I would say top six, top eight. I mean, I guess, yeah, yeah Chivas. Yeah. I guess you got to include Pachuca and Chivas, I guess. Like, yeah, I, Chivas, I mean, I think, yeah. I think you can probably take Pumas out, although they've had an amazing season. I'd probably take Pumas out of that, to be honest. And I'd go... For, I'd, I'd say there's a top five, you know, and I think, you know, obviously, Leon, America, Cruz Azul, Monterrey, and, and Tigres. I think those teams yeah. are... If you look at the squads, and I think I sent a tweet out over the weekend... Um, Oh, it was a good tweet myself. <laughs> really good. But uh, no, it was just like I just tweeted the benches for in the Monterrey against Cruz Azul game, and it was like, and I just said like, are there any be- better benches in the Americas? You know, in the whole continent, how many players? You know, how many benches can boast? Um, you know, what Monterrey and, and Cruz Azul? And I put like, you know, there's possibly five. You know, definitely five MLS DPs on these benches. Possibly six or seven, yeah. and uh, you know, I hundred percent, you know, I hundred percent think that. I mean, I think, you know, you got Jesus Gallardo on the bench, Mexican international. You got Cranivita, you know, Copa Libertadores winner. You know, I'm not sure it'd be a kind of DP because he's a holding midfielder. You got Vincent Jansen, hundred percent a DP. Miguel Layun, I think, you know, there's clubs that would have him oh, as yeah. a DP. Um, you know, even Aki Loba. I mean, I think, as you know, he's, I think he's kind of. He's probably good enough to be a DP. And then, you know, Roberto Alvarado, Santiago Jimenez on the other side, um, you know, Elias Hernandez, perhaps in the mix. I mean, it's just that kind of quality that it just shows how strong these these, these teams are. And um, and despite the pandemic and all that, they've, they've managed to carry on. And yeah, there's a lot of quality in those teams. And I think I think they, they are a step above, you know, the, the, the I think, you know, that, that, that top five are a step above. Yeah, I would agree. I, I guess what I was most saying is that like it's a lot of those mid-table teams that I think that they're they're pretty close in level. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that um, uh, you know that a uh, Monterrey or Tigres are pretty close in level to what like Querétaro or San Luis are doing yeah. this season. I think it's more so the mid-table sides. I think I think there's a lot of teams. Like I said, like how, how what's the big difference between and Agaxa and Mazatlan or Toluca or Juarez or Cholos. I mean, I, I, or, or let's even toss an Atlas there. I think there is a significant difference there. But yeah, but obviously, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, agree. I agree. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain teams that are just not down with you <laughs> like this season. I just not kind of got to grips with them, and they're not just not. 
I don't know, like watching Juarez is just it's just not that great. You yeah. know what I mean? You put a Juarez game on it, it's just not yeah, I don't know, you're not excited about it, you know what I mean? And you know, even Puebla, I mean they do the thing, they're very kind of organized and and you know, obviously hitting on the counter attack and Coreto as well, very direct. I mean it's not like they don't have the style, but at the same time they just They've not been that entertaining, have they? And, and even Atlas, to be honest, I mean... Yeah, they, they've been pretty boring. They've been pretty boring. I don't, yeah. They definitely stand yeah. out to me. But anyways, yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of speaking of uh, a team from Guadalajara, I mean, Tom, we got to bring up uh, Chivas. Um, you know, obviously, dramas and scandals always get a lot of clicks and attention regarding Chivas, you know, no matter how big or small the incident is. But this definitely seems like a... Like a pretty big deal right i mean can you update us on what, what's happening with the team and some of the stuff that's happening off the field yeah i mean um so it looks like all the reports are that um dita Villalpando has got kind of some kind of legal complaint against him um and reportedly it's for sexual assault so yeah so he's, he's been kind of removed from the squad while he kind of faces this kind of um this charge, um, you know, his lawyers come out, I believe, in Marker, or it might have been another publication, and basically said that, you know, that, that it's an extortion attempt. So, you know, that's that's the other side to it. Um, but Chivas have, all, have, have separated as well um, three other players. They've separated Chofis, they've separated Gallito Vasquez, and they've separated Alexis Peña. So it's now four players involved all of a sudden. Um what exactly the other three have done or not done or, you know, hasn't been particularly explained. Um, but at the end of the day, Chivas must have reason. They've, they've, you know, they've removed them from the squad as well. Um, and the report coming out, ESPN Mexico is basically saying that, you know, they, they've all got like kind of one foot outside of the club now. Like they, they could, Chivas are likely to just get just get rid of them. Um, and so, yeah, it's just another, it's just another incident on, with Chivas that it's just, they just can't seem to get away from from this reputation. And yeah. I was listening to Hector Huerta the other day on ESPN, and um, you know he's from Guadalajara and he knows the place. And he's just he just like he's like it's just for the, for these players, it's just like Guadalajara is it's not the you know it's a big city, but it's 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 like a big a big small town. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where yeah, everybody yeah. knows everyone. You know where the players go out and. Um, and 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 Chivas being the club, the size of the club, the spotlight is on, and and basically the players haven't lived up to the to, to what the club represents. I mean, it's also we're in a pandemic. I mean, it's not you, you know you're supposed to be in a bubble environment. You're supposed to be looking after your fellow players. It's, you know the the people around the club as well. You're the opposition, um, and and it doesn't seem like they've done that. And you know, I think this year you've got like you know Chicote Calderon. Um, been captured at a couple of parties, you know. I think he denied that he was at one of them. Um, you know, you've got Antuna, Macias, and even Beggar kind of in the tabloids. Not right. saying they necessarily did something, you know, terrible. Um, then you had Chofis Lopez um, going to a party again, um, and then he tests positive for for COVID nineteen. Then you've had Antuna and Beggar with the uh, tamarind vodka incident. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just after testing positive, and it's just like, it's just like you don't, you know, even the 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 Victor Guzman case. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. I completely goes, forgot. Yeah, about that. I mean that was right at the start of the year. I mean, how <laughs> how how long ago does that seem like it was now? Um, but yeah, I mean that was obviously a disaster for for him, and um, 
you know, now now the Alpando. Um, you know, sometimes you look at players and you don't know them personally and, and you don't want to kind of make outlandish judgments. But when you see players have been around so many clubs, I think it's it's a it's a warning sign and I don't know, Chofis is he's just always had this reputation around him that I don't know, that he, he doesn't he's not hundred percent professional. I mean I think that's fair to say. I think that you know, it's fairly well known and everyone knows how talented he is and you know, when you look at the stats on the kind of number of three balls and key passes, he's he's very good. But in terms of how he lives off the field, I mean there's gotta be a big question mark when I think I think Vucicic said he came in a few kilos overweight. That's just not professional in twenty twenty when yeah. you when you're playing for a club the size of Chivas and it's just it's just not good enough to be honest. It's like you're not you're just not doing your job. You know, it's it's as simple as that for me, but but yeah, uh, and it's just everybody's talking about Chivas once again for for the wrong reasons, and and you know looking on the sporting side maybe when you when you look at it, and you know I think I've been big on this Chivas squad now for the last you know for the last twelve months. I think um, I think it's I think they've got a really good squad, um, and 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 basically you can kind of put two and two together, and you can see some of the reasons why why they haven't necessarily lived up to to what this squad should be achieving. Yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, there all of this is happening to them in a season where the top twelve go through. So because of that, I mean, they'll 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 be in the playoffs. And do you think? I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say. I mean, just because like I mean, I feel like if we're talking about some of the issues the team has had, I mean, we could continue going down the list. I feel like there's just a list now. We haven't even brought up the fact that, that Thena was also you know dropped you know earlier in the season as well. It's not as if Bozic has yeah. been in charge in the entire season. But if they qualify and if they make it to the finals, that I feel like is that still a success? That's got to be a success, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it, yeah, it's in, it's interesting. I think it goes back to the what we we're talking about right at the start and the and the kind of system. And if Chivas, you know, the 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 who have they got next week? And I think it's uh, it's a difficult. I remember I it being a tough one. I don't know. The um, playing again. Also Monterrey. I see it right here on the Monterrey. Schedule. Yeah. yeah. So if Mon- Monterrey are likely to be fighting for that, well, they are going to be fighting. They need to win. Um, and it's just like, you know, if Chivas don't make that top eight, it'll be like, I don't know how many seasons now, but it's not since the Klausura 2017 when they were crowned champions. Have they finished in the top eight? You know, have they made the playoffs? Yeah, it'll be the first time since then they made a play, made the playoffs. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, it's... Um, and if they win the title, they win the title. Nobody's going to remember all this, you know what I mean? But it does, I don't know, they, they should be doing better as a club, you know? Um, I think that's pretty fair to say. And... And, um, and and yeah, I mean, given, I, I don't think they're going to win the title. I mean, I think they come up. Yeah, no, there's no. too many good teams there. I mean, it's, going back to what we said, then it says that where you got that that, that top six, and you know, I'd, I'd back it, any of those top six playing against Chivas in a two-legged Liga. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. through the first first leg, yeah. You know, you know, if you look at who they might be playing, it might be a Juarez, it might be a, you know, Toluca, it might be. Um, Santos, Nakaxa. I mean, you, you can see him getting a result there, but then, you know, going up against an America or Leon or Club Leon, Cruz Azul, I, I just can't see it right now. Yeah, I've always said that a strong defense could potentially carry you far in the playoffs. And Chivas have, I mean, we got to give them credit for, for them doing quite well defensively, but just in the attack, I mean, just 
Tigres, Rayados, Cruz Azul, you know, boom, all those teams above them, they would just absolutely like overpower them. The attack, I just, I can't see, I just can't see Chivas, you know, outscoring any of those sides. You know, maybe they'd give them a little bit of trouble with their, like I said, their solid defense, but I mean, they just, I, I can't see them going forward just outscoring any of those opponents. But, uh, yeah. Sorry, we're going to say something there? No, no, yeah, no. I mean, you know, they're still messing around with Beltran. You know, that was his first 90 minutes for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the reason to be slightly hopeful, I think Antuna is doing, he's playing quite well now. I think he's kind of recapturing that form. Um, but yeah, there's still, I don't know. I don't know. You just wouldn't back him right now. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see. But yeah, it's just, they need to, they need to start sorting it out because it's, uh, especially on the discipline, this disciplinary side, it's kind of, you can't you can't babysit these players all the time, but at the same time, it's it's a question of investigating the players before you sign them and knowing what you're getting, um, because it just it just seems like, you know, it's like, and and I don't know, just not very smart decisions in general, not just in terms of the players' personalities, but you know, I know it wasn't the current administration, but you go back to Oribe Peralta and the wages that he's on, and it's just it's just ridiculous. You know, Christian Calderon, it's like, why is he on the bench? Like, he's got to be better than Ponce. I'm not saying Ponce's a bad player. I think he's a good, solid League of player. But Calderon looked like he had the kind of ceiling that was really high. And now, all of a sudden, he's just not even been used. So, um, so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a complicated one. And, and Vucetic, obviously, testing positive as well. And he's not, he wasn't on the bench of the weekend. So, hopefully, he's all right because he's 65 years old. So, he's not... He's not in the good age category. Well, Tom, uh, just taking it back a few steps to what we are talking about, I think a minute or so ago there, you were talking about Rayados, and I think we have to bring them up because uh, on Wednesday night, they'll be hosting the Copa Mekis uh, final. They'll be hosting the second leg. They have a one nothing lead over Cholos right now. Seems like Cholos definitely have more to lose. Uh, if you believe the reports, this could define whether... Pablo Guede keeps his job or not. I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, obviously, Scholl's having the, the best defensively with him, but I mean, the team he adopted is entirely different than the one from the summer. There's no Bolaños, there's no Nahuel Pan, there's no Edwin Cardona, there's no Leandro Gonzalez Perez, no Rivero, no San Beso. I mean, it's, it's a very, very different team than the one he had. But uh, I mean, this looks like, I mean, unfortunately for Scholl's, this looks like it has a win for Rayalos you know, written all over it. I mean, what, what do you think, Tom? Yeah, no, I think obviously the favourite, especially with that lead as well, and taking it, taking it home. Um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. I think Cholos are really going to have a go at Monterrey, and you know, Monterrey, they, they've, they've, they're doing well. Obviously, you know, the four wins off on the fucking consecutive wins in League MX. They've also obviously won that Copper MX final first leg. But um, I don't know. They never, you always get the feeling that there's something in there for you. And I think if Cholos can score a goal, obviously, in the first half and, 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 and get back and get some confidence as well, because sometimes I think with, with Tijuana this season, and especially recently, it has been like a confidence thing. Um, but yeah, no, obviously in Monterrey, heavy favourite. And if they win it, then they'll be, uh, they've, won the, they've won the big treble, the treble that everybody dreams of. They'll <laughs> 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 be the reigning CONCACAF Champions League. Liga MX and Copa MX champion all at, all at the same time, um, which is a bit weird considering <laughs> considering how long ago some of those events were. But uh, nevertheless, it's uh, it would be true. 
Yeah, well, they didn't lift the the Copa por Mexico, Tom. That's the big one. Uh, we always, yeah, that's the big one we all care about. <laughs> yeah, but keep it on that game. Wait, on anyway, with it. <laughs> what were they? Oh no, that's right. They weren't. They weren't. Oh, that's right. That's right. I just no. That's a very good point. <laughs> it just seemed like so long ago. Did basically don't even remember what happened in that final game. That was actually really quickly. Fun. That was a uh, that was a uh, Cruz's old uh, Tigres. Was that the final Cruz's old Tigres to Copa in Mexico or was it America Tigres? I want to see no Chivas. Chivas. I thought Chivas beat America. I'm pretty sure. I thought that was a semi. Oh, who knows? Whatever. Yeah, we'll look yeah, it up later. Yeah. Chivas beat America in the semi, and then I think Cruz Azul. Oh no, no, no! It was Cruz Azul Tigres because because um, there was a thing with Javier Aquino and blah blah blah. Oh, was that the semi? No, that was the other semi. And then that's the how final... long. That's how long this pandemic is. It's just like Cruz Azul Chivas in the final. Yeah, because Chivas beat America, and then yeah, Cruz Azul uh... beat Tigres. That's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that clearly. <laughs> but Tom, before we get too distracted here, we got about uh, 12 minutes left here and we got to bring up uh, L3 because uh, it looks like the games, they, they might be in doubt and by the games. I mean, the upcoming friendlies against South Korea or Japan, you know, at first it seemed like it was pretty clever to host these games in Europe and in Austria, but we're seeing rising cases in the country when it comes to COVID. So maybe they won't happen i don't know what have you been hearing tom no i mean austria's in like a, another kind of partial lockdown now and that was announced um a couple of days ago and and so it's not looking good i mean i don't know i mean apparently the austrian federation have kind of put the mexico games on a list of kind of high level sporting events that that, that could go ahead but um, there's a lot going on because you've got South Korea that have got to make the trip. You've got Japan. You've got Panama as well. who are also playing in Austria in this in this kind of period. And so I don't know. It's just it gets to a point now where, like I said over the weekend, I couldn't even go to the park um, in mm -hmm. uh, you know in Mexico. And it's like the number of cases are rising here. There's talk Mexico City is going to go back to the the kind of red traffic light system. You know in Jalisco they've already now you know they've got. A, a kind of soft lockdown on as well in austria there's another kind of lockdown it's like at a certain point it just doesn't make sense you know what i mean yeah. when it, with everything that's going on especially when the friendlies i mean i'd obviously want to see mexico play and, and for tata mainly to have that time with the players but you know I throw the terrorist attack in there as well and you know i don't think that necessarily is linked to the game but but it's not it's not kind of great i don't know it, it, i don't know I, I think there's a major doubt and I think it's they're going to need to make a decision in the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a risk now as well because, you know, I've just actually filed a story. And if you look at the amount of players in Liga MX that have tested positive, it's like 30% of all the players. I mean, it's massive. My God, yeah. yeah like 30% of all the registered male players in Liga MX have tes tested positive. It's like in the second division, it's like 125 you know, players and staff. I mean, th these numbers are big, and it's the within the teams, and so I don't know with with everything going on. I don't know. I mean, it just it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to kind of push the issue when you know the the, the metrics, the numbers are telling you that that this is it's a really difficult time right now. I mean, I think not just in Europe but in North America as well. These it's not going it's not going down you know and it's one thing to kind of get on with your life and do your things and and kind of control the, the distance and another thing to kind of take a flight over from from mexico to austria 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, I know it's our livelihood. And it's, this is something that uh, a sport and you know, all these teams is something we all feel very passionate about. But sometimes you just have to take a step back and just realize it's a game. You know, this is all a game. And you, obviously, safety is first. And that's a priority. And obviously, it'd be unfortunate if they can't play South Korea or Japan. But I mean, you, you just have to worry about the health of the players and not only just the players, but those that they come in contact with as well. You know, so it'd be unfortunate if the games don't go through. But if they're canceled, you know, due to these safety reasons, I mean, that it, it would seem like the right decision. Yeah, no, I'm just reading an article now and, you know, it's the next three days um, is, is going to be crucially knowing whether they're going to, you know, whether they're going to be going there or not. I think they're playing in Vienna, Vienna one of the games, and then uh, in Graz, another one. So, um, so we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, something to keep an eye on. Um, related to this, it's also like a little depressing to bring it up, but I mean, you know, we're going to move on to a little bit of a Champions League, Europa League uh, games uh, coming up uh, this week. Um, one of the bigger stories is to see to see that 11 players within uh, Ajax test positive uh, for COVID-19 ahead of Tuesday's game versus, uh, looked it up, Michelin. I think that's how you pronounce it, Michelin. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds weird to, to say, oh, you know, silver linings are a positive. I mean, it's not even positive. That's not the word it's used, but just like a beneficial situation coming out of this depressing situation where a bunch of players have tested positive for that. It could mean that Edson Alvarez is going to start, right? I mean, we're a soccer podcast. We have to talk about these things, you know, but it because of all the positive tests within Ajax, it looks like Edson Alvarez could get a, get a start in an upcoming Champions League game and I, by upcoming tomorrow for, for Ajax. Yeah, no, um, big, big for him. It's big for him. I mean, I think I said on the show before um, that he's in a real challenge now, Edson Alvarez. I mean, I think the feeling was that when he went to Ajax and, you know, he didn't have the best few months, he was kind of, you know, I don't think his girlfriend and his kid were with him and stuff like that. And it was it was tough. Um, but now apparently all his family's there with him. And he, I don't know, there's got real question marks about him in the Netherlands. I think that his yeah. technical ability, his kind of speed on the turn in terms of his decision-making, um, you know, and speed in terms of the play as well. Because obviously, playing for Ajax, you want to you be moving the ball forward quickly. And I don't know, I don't think they know whether he's a central midfielder or a centre-back. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's I think there's problems there. Um, and so, yeah, anything he can do in terms of, you know, when he gets to, when he gets minutes now is going to be vital because obviously he's such a massive player for Mexico. Yeah, and we also have, uh, speaking of Champions League games, tomorrow we also have Porto and Tecatito versus Marseille. And uh, something that stood out to me is just uh, Ache Ache. You know, him and Atleti, they're going to take on Locomotive Moscow on Tuesday. I feel like we got to give a quick mention for, for Herrera. I mean, because now it's, he seems to be a key player after a couple of consecutive starts for Atleti. Um, yeah, he's had, you've seen a couple of the ball. I mean, when I've watched him, you see some of the, I'm not going to say the mistimed passes, but sometimes him, like, uh, losing the ball in pretty uh, dangerous situations for Atleti and then teams can count them. But, I mean, he's covering a lot of ground. He's creating a lot of dangerous uh, opportunities, even having some good shots too. I think he's been doing all right. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he made the mistake, didn't he, uh, last week in the Champions League that led to the goal, mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. goal. Um, but Herrera needs he's to active. play. I mean, he's active. Yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he almost set up a really good goal as well. And he just needs to play, though. You know, I think he's he's the type of player and person. I remember I actually talked to him once about you know about coming to um, you know coming to North America for the for the friendlies. And obviously, you've got two the two friendlies, and he was just 
he was just like, I hate coming and playing one game and then not the other. Like, he was like, I want to play both games. Like, if I'm here, I want to play. Like, I just think he's somebody who he just wants to be playing all the time and I think he needs it and needs to be playing. He needs to get into that rhythm. And and again, this is it's kind of the other side to Edson now. It's like he's started a couple of games and, and hopefully he's got that kind of rhythm, that, that conditioning as well. And he's understanding more and more, you know, Cholo Simeone's you know, playing style idea because it's not it's not easy to get to grips with for the players, especially in in a kind of central midfield role. And so, um, so yeah, no, I think it's positive for Herrera. And you know, again, he's at the right place. You know, he's at he's at one of Europe's really big clubs. And and if he can establish himself there, then you know, it's what it's what we always talk about, isn't it, with the Mexican yeah. players kind of being in and those at that level in those big games. And and Herrera's kind of he's very close. You know what I mean? You can almost like kind of. You can feel he's very close, um, but obviously, yeah, it's not easy in, with the with the level of competition you got in those clubs. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So hopefully, he continues to get starts. Ho- hopefully, he continues to get minutes. Um, we also have uh, on Thursday some Europa League action for for Napoli potentially uh, Chucky, uh, and also obviously got to keep an eye on PSV and Lille. Even though Eric Gutierrez is still recovering from his uh, injury, and it looks like. I mean, he just showed up to, to Lil, so I th- and he's fairly young, so I don't think we should be expecting regular starting spots for him just yet. But obviously, you know, the, you know, the better that Lil does, you know, that's obviously better for, for Pizzuto and, uh, and his training and his squad. So keep an eye uh, on those games on Thursday. All right, Tom, and if we're speaking of midweek games, we got to midweek games are keeping on. We got to bring up the Galaxy. Uh, there's a must-win game for Efrain Alvarez, Chicharito, and Jonah. They're chased for playoff spot. I mean, who knows about the uh, the injury status of, of Jonan Cheech? Who knows? Well, maybe have a Mexican uh, manager soon stepping up for the Galaxy, I believe, uh, certain rumors. But, Tom, your, your, your thoughts on this one seems like, uh, I mean, who knows about the status of Cheech, but it's been um, it's been a rough season for him. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the that's the big thing with, with Chicharito. It's, I don't know, I don't, you just don't know where his head's at right now. Um, I mean, there seems to be mounting evidence that he's not necessarily kind of don't know, just that motivation to be absolutely top, top level again. Um, I mean, I wouldn't write him off either because he scored goals wherever he's gone and he's played very few games and he's been coming back from injuries and he's just, you know, he's not he's not had regular games. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's good enough still to score goals in MLS, to be honest. Um, but I, I also think it's it's about how the team plays and I think that's the it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with the with the Galaxy and, and who they bring his, in his manager. Um, you know, there's a few few kind of names being bandied about uh, Miguel Herrera. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not kind of saying it's definitely that can't definitely happen. But you know, he signed a new contract for, for I think four years back in um, back in June. He's yeah. at Club America. You know, I don't know. I mean, he's. I just can't see him. I don't think it's the kind of right time for him now. Um, and he didn't always get on great with Chicharito anyways. Let's not forget that. Because he didn't start him at the 2014 World Cup. He played Oribe Peralta um, up front. And and then Javier Aguirre, another player, another manager who didn't start Chicharito at World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to be fair, Chicharito was pretty young then. But yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea of Aguirre. Um, I think it fits. He's obviously out of work. I think I can see him and in, in kind of Dennis De Glossy getting on. Uh, I think he's, you know, really balanced. He speaks English. Um, you know, it'd, it'd be something that I'd actually quite like to see as well. I'd like to see Aguirre back in the game and and see what he can do. Um, and I think the other one that that would not surprise me at all is Juan Carlos Osorio. And yeah, I think, um, right. I think 
he knows Dennis De Crossi really well. They worked really well together, um, and and basically, I I wouldn't write that one out at all. I think that one makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like the idea of Aguirre. I mean, because it would be an interesting test for him. Obviously, I'd much rather see him being given a chance with, let's say, like a mid-table team in La Liga. But if he's going to play firefighter once again for a struggling team, if he's going to be stepping in like near the end of a season trying to help a team avoid relegation, then honestly, the, something like the Galaxy would be better. So I, I think that'd be a really, really fascinating choice. But before that, we'll see if uh, if they'll be uh, able to stay alive in the playoff race. So keep an eye on that game on Wednesday night. I think that's it for us. As much as we'd like to dive into more stuff, the internet has gone out uh, about three times for us, so we're going to wrap things up. <laughs> but but uh, that's it for us. The Russian bot says us. I know, right? <laughs> they knew who I voted for, and they're trying to tell me to, t- to change my mind. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm from California. You know who I voted for. Uh, <laughs> that's it for us. Thank you to Tom for joining me today. Big thanks to producer Amy, uh, who uploads these episodes. Uh, if any of you can have yet to do so we'd love it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts which help, uh, helps get the word out on the show if you want to connect with us, uh, connect with us you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Show and on Instagram at the Mexican Soccer Show thanks once again and until next time we'll see you on the next episode see you guys around <laughs>